So just to explain and give people a little bit of background about what what you do um, and the sport mm-hmm. that you're involved in, um, yep. maybe if you could explain bike drawing a little bit um, to people that don't know what it is. Okay, so bike drawing is a um, sport where you basically race dogs with bikes. Um, so you can do it on foot, like canicross. You can do scootering with the scooter. Um, bike drawing is using the bike. You can use rigs. Um, people use, you can pretty much use any breed of dog. You can use one dog, two dog. Um, for rigs, people can use six dogs. Um, so it's quite varied. It's quite fast. The courses for bikes are usually between three and five kilometer races. Hmm. And um, are the dogs expected to pull the bike or are they just running with the bike? Generally, they run out ahead of the bike, um, which is obviously safer. Um, but it, it kind of depends. I mean, my dog's so small, he doesn't actually pull the bike. Uh-huh. Um, but you would, to, to have the fastest time, obviously, you would want to help the dog as much as possible. So the dog being out in front and pulling a little bit, but obviously you helping them is, is beneficial. So if you just sat there, you probably wouldn't get a very good time. So the faster uh-huh. you can be, the be- you know the better you and the dog can do, really. So are there any kind of, you mentioned that um, your dog is quite small, are there mm-hmm. size restrictions on this? Because I think a lot of people will think when they think of dogs pulling bikes or, or that, you know, dogs running with bikes or however you mm-hmm. want to describe it, they'll be thinking of huskies, yep. uh, you know, and they'll be thinking of, of dogs that are bred to pull. Yeah, predominantly you get huskies and um, hound type dogs that race a lot in um, in races, but anybody can race. It's not just those kinds of dogs. So you can take a you know a chihuahua out with the bike, and that's absolutely fine. There's no height restrictions, um, as long as the dog's healthy to do it and fit and able to do it. Then there's no problem at all. So um, the only thing is that all dogs race against one another. So my dog races against a you know a pointer. There's no size category for them. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you can race any dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, it tends to be the human that is the category. Um, divider so it would be male female um, and then different age categories as well Um, but in terms of racing my dog races against like British champions in the same race there's no kind of um, category between you know fast dogs and slower dogs and there's no category for height either and sometimes he'll race against two dog teams um, even though he's just one dog Really? Wow, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It you kind of depends that... on the race. Yeah, so yeah, he's you raced think against. That they will be separated. Totally. So the last one of the races that he did, he got beaten by a two-dog team. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just because that was the 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 terms of the race, and it's uh-huh. the people's names that got placed, not the dog. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so then, is there any restriction on dogs? Could a one could one dog face six dogs do you know what i mean um well it's kind of like um it depends on what you're racing so because i race a bike the bikes are raced together the scooters are raced together the runners are raced together and the rigs are raced together so i won't be racing the rigs um and you can only put two dogs on a bike and that's only on certain races some races only let you run one dog on a bike for safety okay so how how do you attach him how is he attached to the bike so on the bike he has a custom made running harness which is different to a walking harness it's made so that it can enable him to pull comfortably um and then he has a specific bike drawing line which is longer than a canny cross line and it's got a bungee in it 
so they take some of the pressure if I fall off, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then there's a bike attachment, which um, is a, basically a bar that comes off the bike and it keeps the line above the wheel, mm-hmm. so that if he does slacken off and the wheel's not, the line doesn't go into the wheel. Okay. Does that make sense? So if he say that he was to stop running, yeah, do you have to be like on it? So make sure you break in time or. Pretty much, yeah, but usually, <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's quite an interesting sport, but usually most people start on foot, teach the dog how to do it on foot because it's a little bit safer, and then once okay. you know that the dog's kind of going to stay out in front and take the directions that you tell him to take, uh-huh. then you transfer it onto the bike. I would never say just to start on the bike, that could be a little bit tricky. <laughs> wow, this is like, this is interesting, this is just making my mind going up. I remember... I firstly, I'm super interested in this. I think it's really cool. It's brilliant. I, yeah, whenever I see fun. photos or videos, I'm like, oh my god, you know, it's like a bucket list <laughs> thing. Like this looks really cool. Um, but when I was a teenager and I was, I kind of had my dog and I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just messing around. But um, I used to, I used to ride my bike sometimes with my dog and I just have him on a lead which is yeah. obviously super dangerous <laughs> and, then, and then uh and then sometimes because as a teenager I really like skateboarding as well so I would do mm-hmm. that I would have the skateboard and I would have the dog yeah. I wonder has any, does anyone ever do like mountain boarding with a dog attached I've never seen it um I've seen people <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen people they, they ski jaw um, over in places where there's snow, so they really? can use skis. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. There's quite there's quite a few people that have adapted it. So people have used um, like off-road blades and things before. But I would limit my capabilities to a bike. Like <laughs> I think skating. I would use a board. Yeah, yeah. Like off- I've seen roller skating with dogs, um, you yeah. know, on pavements and stuff. But I've never seen anyone do it off-road. That's that yeah. sounds interesting. <laughs> Yeah, because obviously we don't want the dogs running on concrete for too much. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, which is why it's mountain bikes that are used and trail running usually for races. So, yeah. Yeah, just because of the impact mountains. again. Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, well, that's good. You know, yeah. we were talking earlier about like um, you know, imp- the impact on dogs, and that's good that that um, you know the sport is already thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it that's directed to the safety of the dogs. So um, the age restrictions, um, some races have um, restrictions on the breeds that they'll let run. So um, not phallic dogs, um, you know, some some race, there was a race that I did where I had to prove that my dog was physically fit to race. Uh-huh. Um, so they kind of checked videos and, and had to have people... Um, say that he was fit enough and agreed that he was fit enough to race um what else is there so obviously all of the equipment that he uses for the safety of the dog so the bungee line is safety for the dog the harnesses are made to be safe um and then if anyone sees anything that's not safe then obviously they'll they'll pull you up on it so yeah they're pretty geared to being safe so you mentioned um bracky dogs uh, kind of mm-hmm. flat-faced dogs. Is it is it um, temperature dependent, or or is um, that just quite often? Rule? Yeah, I mean it's it all depends on the race that the, the race that you're at. So some do, some races just blanket won't allow brachycephalic dogs to race. Um, most races will do, but the humidity and the temperature comes into things as well. Most races are first thing in the morning. 
Um, so I've done races at like half past seven in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, just to get the dogs out first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that's it for the rest of this? the day. How did you get into I basically this? Got in, basically just to keep him fit. I originally got him to do agility with. Um, but I couldn't find a class that was worked around my work times. So I thought I would just go running for him, running with him every now and then just to keep him fit. Okay. He was only about a year old. Um, uh-huh. And then just, yeah, fell in love with it. And then I saw people using a bike and I thought that looks kind of crazy. I might try <laughs> that. And yeah, <laughs> it went from so there. Is it like an expensive <laughs> thing to get into? Um, it's not an expensive thing to start, but it always ends up being expensive because you always want more better okay. gear and, and things like that. But uh-huh. depending on which kind of category, if, you know, if you're going down the canny cross route, you basically just need the harness, um, a belt for yourself and a line and a decent okay. pair of running shoes. Uh-huh. Um, and for the biking, just a, a, a safe bike to use and the same thing, really. So it's, okay, not, so it's not particularly expensive to start. Okay, so let's say you're starting out can you use any bike do you have to get a particular type of bike not really as long as it's pretty safe mountain bike um i mean you can go up into the thousands for a bike but um yeah i just started with a second hand bike just to see whether or not he would be all right with it and then just upgraded from there and then what else do i need if i'm starting out i've got a bike helmet be safe okay so what type of harnesses am i looking at um, a harness, you can get a million different harnesses, depending uh-huh. on the dog. So each, each dog is kind of looking for a different thing. Because my dog's got a huge head and a tiny body, I had to get <laughs> him one custom made. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, his harness is, is custom made, but you can get them from, um, you can get them fitted at races and things like that. There's different people there that, oh, that sell wow. the right harnesses, yeah, and you can get your dog fitted for one. So it's important that it's, uh, it's fitted for the dog. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So it's it, sort of like buy it online and... Um, you, you can buy it online, but um, one of the easiest things to do is to find a club um, because most clubs have got race kit and then you just try out their different harnesses to see what suits. Okay. Um, so, okay, so I didn't even know there were clubs then. So this yeah. is all, this is like most, you know, this is like working trials and stuff. They always have clubs, don't they? Yep. Yep. So you you just how would you go about finding your local club? Is it something you would just find online or? Yeah, you can. There's Facebook groups or there's um, you can just kind of check it out on a search engine or something like that. But I've got a canny cross group and a bike drawing group, um, and they've both got different kits and things like that that you can try from them and see what works for you before you buy it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, so you got your bike, you got your harness, and then. You say there's some kind of line that attaches the dog to the bike, isn't there? Yeah, you need a bungee line, which has got elastic in it. So basically, when the dog, because um, sort of when you're on the start line and the dog runs out, it just takes some of the pressure when he runs and pulls into the bike. Okay. Um, so it just makes. Take you out. That's it. Yeah. Or okay. if I um, probably fall off, but if I braked or got wrapped around a tree or something like that, then he doesn't take that. He just kind of takes some of the pressure off him. Is that just so, an ordinary bungee lead, or is it something? Is it? It's one specifically made. Yeah, it's one specifically oh, made. Oh, specifically and, made then. Yeah. yeah, because the the races um, have certain length lines that you need. Oh, um, this is so it's got to be 
yeah, it's got to be kind of long enough to go over the wheel and then a certain amount of length after that to keep the dog safe away from it, but not oh. so long that it's kind of dangerous because he's miles ahead of you and getting himself caught in yeah, places I was, he shouldn't be. I was just wondering if there's any competitive advantage to having a certain length or anything like that. Yeah, it kind of depends. So when I first started running him, I used a slightly shorter line just to have a little bit more control. Um, and then once he's out on the bike, he needs a different length line, a slightly longer one. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, so is there anything else, or is that it? The bungee lead, the harness, the bike? Yeah, and an um, and um, antenna, like a bike drawing arm, basically, which just okay. takes the line off the is wheel. attached to the like, it's attached to just underneath the handlebars and it's like a straight oh, okay. bar that comes out and you just loop your line you tie your line onto the bike and then you loop it through and it just so keeps how, it safe so so how much does this kind of uh, end up costing to get you started you can get starter kits um and oh, you really? can get yeah so you can just go online and just buy the whole the whole thing oh, wow. um bike as well so yeah <laughs> probably not a bike but you can get a cheap bike somewhere but you can get like harness line and arm um you can just buy that online and get yourself started but it's probably it's probably a good idea to try on a couple of harnesses because yeah because yeah. you're saying about uh, fitting it to the dog right yeah um, i've had a couple for him that either um sat, kind of sit on his throat so it makes him rasp a little bit when he's running and obviously i don't want him to do that oh, of course yeah, um nice. or because he's got a big head and it goes over the head it then ends up being too far down the back so i had to get one yeah custom made for him but there's, there's tons of them out there okay so once you've got all of your equipment how, how do you go about introducing the dog uh to to bike drawing so i would always start on foot just so it's mm -hmm. safer um, because what I don't want him to do is to slam the brakes on and me end up hitting him with the bike because he's just going to okay. lose all his confidence completely. Uh -huh. um, so I started just on foot and teaching him. I went to the local Canicross group so I can learn a bit more about how to teach it, get him out with other dogs and things like that, and he needs to learn his left from his right because obviously he's in front of me, so if the track splits into two, he needs to know which way to go. Okay. Um, and then a weight cue and a goal cue and a steady cue as well so you need to learn all of that out in front okay. um which you can just do while you're walking um yeah. and just kind of direct him off to the left and reward him for it and then get him running um and get him out in front so we did that with um other dogs so all the dogs were off in front of us which encouraged him to go off ahead and then just mm. really short distances so that he doesn't get tired um and then once he's really confident on foot then just start having a bike in the vicinity and then popping him on the front of the bike okay as right. long as he's confident with the bike if he's hmm. nervous about it i would never attach him onto it yeah and presumably there's um you know you, you have to build up the distance gradually i would have thought yeah definitely i mean races are usually up to five kilometers um but yeah we just take it steady so when he was about a year old we started and it was just really short bursts and then breaks just so he learns to run really fast um, and he doesn't learn that he runs until he burns out, and it's not really enjoyable for him. So just little fast runs and then lots of breaks afterwards. Yeah, that's an interesting training element because the dog's never going to know the distance. So, I mean, because if you're running a distance, then obviously you would pace yourself, but the dog yeah. doesn't know how far you're going to go. Absolutely, and you've got to kind of train them for that as well. I mean, I've run half marathons with him, um, so we had to train for that. So that was training him to be a little bit slower as well. Um, 
but when we're now specifically going towards races, we're doing a lot of sort of interval training a little bit faster and, and lots of breaks in between. So we learned to just go straight from the start. But usually when you're racing, they're that excited that they just go, you know, straight away. So, so yeah. Um, how often do you practice then? At the minute, rarely because of the weather, because it's a little bit hot. Um, yeah. But I'd usually run in anywhere between two and four times a week. Uh-huh. And what kind of distance would you be going? It depends. Sometimes just a couple of kilometres. This morning we were out at about half past four and we did about three and a half kilometres. Um, we don't always do five. Yes. God, you're a, a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so so it's just because of then. the weather, basically, and it's really quiet at that time. Oh, I um, bet, yeah. Yeah, the other thing that you've got to be aware of, um, which I never mentioned before, is that on a bike you've got to be careful about where you go. Um, some places you need to have permits for them and some places you're not actually allowed to bike jaw. It's not like Canicross. Um, because if you, you if have you a dog... Ride, if you can ride a bike there, is that a safe bet that you can bike jaw? No, or... no, because okay. you've got the dog attached to the bike. So you, um, for some certain areas you need a permit for it. So we've got permits for a couple of local areas. Um, which are like forestry areas and we needed to get in touch with them and ask if we could do it and get a permit before we could so if somebody is planning on trying it it's best to get in touch with the area before you start oh wow um yeah yeah um you can come across anywhere yeah yeah okay all right oh this is yeah this is really interesting um yeah so i'm just thinking about it through my head now um all right so you obviously build up the distance gradually Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you have to get them used to different weather conditions? Uh, do you have like a faster and slower queue as well, or? Yeah, um, although mine's not brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll admit. Um, usually, it's a really good idea for going downhill and things like that because um, some of the um, races are different. Um, some of them are really technical. Some of them are really flat. Um, some of them have got hills and things. And obviously, you want the dog to pull quite hard up the hill but probably take a bit of pressure off coming down mm-hmm. um just for your own safety so it's good to kind of have a steady cue um your left and right and yeah but i, I will admit that our steady cue isn't as good as it probably could be <laughs> um <laughs> when you say you're getting up at four thirty in the morning do you have, yeah. have like some kind of like torch attached or I mean, not is at it, the minute must... sorry yeah not at the minute light, then, it's so it? nice yeah but i um I have run in with a with a light on the bike before in the winter time because obviously they do races it gets... at night or in the dark. No, or not races, just training. Because it's dangerous. Yeah, I think because they just do it quite early as well. It's it's usually a morning a morning race, so anywhere between like seven and nine o'clock, hmm. it usually is for racing. So it's usually it's usually. Yeah, I can just imagine that then. being like an interesting uh, thing to to do it in the dark. That's it. <laughs> he can't move down. Which one is that? <laughs> that would be Hulk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so how many Staffords have you got? Well, how many dogs have you I've got? got th- yeah, I've got three at the minute. All Staffordable Terriers. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so the other two first... are retired. Uh, th- did they do bike drawing as well? No, I did agility um, with my first one. He's ten now. Um, and he, he was a grade 7 agility dog. And that's kind of why I got Hulk, just to sort of get back into it. Because he ended up with a back problem, so I couldn't compete anymore. 
So I um I got Hulk from Holland, and I thought that I would fight with him. And yeah, so I really got round to it a, now. Got him as a puppy then. Sixteen weeks. Yeah. 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 Um. Alright, cool. So are Staffies particularly good at bike drawing, or is it just because you love Staffies? I just love them. Well, of course, you were getting into agility, <laughs> weren't you? Sorry, you weren't yeah, bike drawing. Yeah, there is quite a few that do it. Um, there is quite a few that run with them, and I think there's a couple that bike. Um, not not too many, but there is a couple that do bike. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think there wouldn't be probably most people's first choice if they were particularly looking for a dog for the sport, just because of their size. So what, um, are the, what are the kind of A-team of bike-drawing dogs? Oh, you mentioned Huskies. Huskies, yeah. Um, Graysters, Eurohounds, dogs that have been specifically bred for sprint training. So oh, usually I dogs with... Heard of these dogs. So these are yeah. bred to bike-draw? Yeah, or to race. Yeah, so they, they usually um, got a little bit of Husky, a little bit of Pointer, a little bit of Greyhound in them mm-hmm. in different kind of proportions, and they're, they're specifically sort of built for 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 speed and distance and you know short distances so they're very very good dogs very fast yeah so so how common are injuries and things like that um i I guess it just it depends on the dog but i don't i think it's not made it's not a major issue sport because it's it tends to be just the dog sort of running there's not too much twisting or turning involved um yeah, I wouldn't say there's too... I, I don't know of too many injuries. I think people tend to keep quite on top of their dogs as well. Um, but, yeah, I would say pretty minimal, as long as they keep on top of their dogs, yeah. So you mentioned diet as well. Do you have to feed them more, uh, you know, because of expending more calories? or? Yeah, diet's quite important, but hydration is massive as well. Um so making sure that they're well hydrated before they race. Some races have um, like water points halfway around the course. So if you mm-hmm. are worried, you can stop and kind of give them a drink halfway around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, keeping on top of make sure they're hydrated before they race. And, and there's kind of um, different rehydration things that you can give them pre and post race. And um, I do tend to feed him more when he's racing just because he drops weight quite quickly. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So do you do you uh, recommend like a wet food then that's got more moisture in or? Yeah, it depends. I mean, some people feed dry food and they just soak it before they race. Uh-huh. Um, some people use like goat's milk and things like that to encourage their dogs to drink before racing, or add water to you know something like fish or something like that, um, uh-huh. just to get a little bit more water into them. So, what are but, people's yeah. views on diet within kind of bike drawing? Are they particularly varied, or you know because? Diet is like a hot topic anyway, right? Like people, you know, especially when you start talking about raw feeding and commercial yeah, diets absolutely. and stuff. So I, I'm just yeah. curious, is there like a consensus in bike drawing or is it I still... think, yeah, I think it's still just wide open. I think people use all kinds of, you know, raw, dry or wet food. I think, I don't think there's a specific food that people tend to go for. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of up to the individuals, really. I know people that use all of them. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so do you still do agility? Not now, no. Just basically because of time um, uh-huh. and money. Um, uh-huh. So it, it just seems silly to be kind of dabbling in it every now and then and not really getting consistent training. So I did it for a little bit and until he was probably about 15 months old and then um, so only for a couple of months and then I just, yeah, I just fell in love with, with racing. So went down to that 
went down that route. Hmm. So how do they compare? Um, like, because you've done quite. A f- it sounds like you've done quite a few things, and you've done agility. Yeah, I've done, done a bit cross. of fireball. Yeah, canny cross, bike well. jumping. Oh, wow. So how yeah. do these compare then? I really like the race inside. Um, I feel like it's a different kind of bond that you get with the dog, and I don't really know how to fully explain it. I guess because um, physically we're both working together. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange. I've had races before where I've really been struggling physically because I'm not as fit as he is, and he's you know really putting a lot of effort in for the pair of us, and it's a really nice feeling to just come over the finish line together as a pair. Um, it's, yeah, it's just something else. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I love the feeling of racing with him. I just feel like the bond is is absolutely awesome. So with um, Canny Cross, mm-hmm. do you? Um, just talking about you personally here, do you run for the dog or would you always, would you be a runner anyway? At the minute I do run without him just because of the temperature um, uh-huh. and I know that he always gives 100% so if I took him out in this weather he would probably still run and it wouldn't be safe for him. Um, so yeah, I, I do I do run anyways but it's much more fun with a dog now. I find it quite boring running on my own. <laughs> <laughs> So if people were, well, I I very highly doubt we do have people listening that don't have dogs, but if if someone is into running, but they maybe don't have a dog, Mm -hmm. would you, would you, is there something that they could get into then? Or even if they were into mountain biking, I guess, um, I don't know if there's just, I guess there's ordinary mountain biking races as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And running races and things like that. If they wanted to get into it, then I'd probably say to um, find out a bit more about the sport and maybe go to a club before going into it. It really depends what you're wanting in your dog. You know, if you're looking for a, a if you're just looking for a pet dog, then choose the breed that you want to to spend your life with. So I picked yeah. him before I picked the racing, and I'll probably do the same again. Um, that's just the breed that I fell in love with, and and yeah. you know if. if say he couldn't race again then he still would have been my first choice to have um if someone's looking for a, a purpose-bred dog then they would need to look look into that a bit further speak to breeders and see what it is that they're looking for other people that excel at these sports so for example with canny cross are the other people at the top like elite runners i think a lot of good canny cross people are good runners and i think a lot of good bike drawing people are good bikers as well yeah. um but you also it needs to be a team thing so you, you 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 know you you would do well to be a really good runner and have a really fast dog as well but yeah, i don't I'm just think wondering. i'm just yeah. wondering which comes first you know do people get into canny cross because they're brilliant runners probably or... a lot do probably a lot do and then they've seen it and just decided to give it a go with their own dog um but a, a good dog and a bad handler won't make a good team same as a you know vice versa it's got to be uh-huh. kind of both together and it takes a lot of training and, and a lot of reward for the dog to to make it worthwhile so how competitive do these things get it's the same as any sport um that's really <laughs> what i do like about canny cross and racing though is that it seems to be for everyone um uh-huh. you go to races and there is absolutely all different kinds of people and dogs there and it seems quite relaxed i don't know if it's just because it's a relatively new sport Mm. Um, and it's not got too competitive yet. There's not too many politics, but it seems that. Can, and 
I've never yet seen anybody be judgmental or, you know, look at anybody negatively because of their um, the first race that I did with Hulk, like a 10-mile race that I did with him, there was quite a lot of styes and things like that. And a guy completely ruined his run just to help me pick him over the styes and help me out. So there's like yeah. a really nice kind of effort between people to just help each other out and make sure everyone's all right. That's really it's a nice good feeling. to hear. That's yeah, really good to hear really... because, I mean, I know so many people that have abandoned dog sports because they've not liked the uh, the community of, yeah. you know, quite a lot of bitchiness and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and absolutely. And they've done away with it. So it's really great to hear of a dog sport that isn't like that. It's yeah. It's surprising it... in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. It's a really nice sport. <laughs> and, I, and, I, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. And I, I, I'm around the right sort of people and I get a lot of support. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm just out to enjoy it with him. So I, hmm. I guess we're not looking to be world champions or anything like that i just want to go out and have a good time with him and he absolutely loves it he, as soon as i get the bike out he's so excited or i get my running shoes out he's just so excited he desperately wants to come with me um and it's just a great it's just a great support network and a great group of people so i really do enjoy it are the are is there a lot of kind of cross-pollination then between those um kind of cross and bike drawing or do people tend to do them separately um, it depends because it all, some people have multi dogs. So, um, if they've got a few dogs, they might run one and bike one. Yeah. Um, if they've got two dogs, they might do two dogs on a bike or two yeah. dogs on a scooter. So it just kind of really, de- or two dog canny cross it. It just yeah. kind of depends what, what they're after, but some dogs maybe prefer the run into the bike. Yeah. So some people are, you know, will, will choose that way. I know, I know a couple of people that will run one dog on foot and run one dog on a bike. Yeah, but do most people tend to do both then? Um, I think some people much prefer one over the other. Because I've got um, a canny cross group that predominantly do just canny cross and a biking group that just predominantly do the biking. I guess it's just Uh different. I don't really have a preference. I kind of prefer them both. I like the speed of the bike. Um, and I think he prefers the bike because I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> but um, yeah. it's 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 good to keep him with the canny cross. I think it keeps me semi fit as well. So yeah. And would you say the same thing about both of those groups then? That they're both uh, very supportive and yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I, um, I've got a group, you know, a good group on both sides, and and yeah, they're they're both fantastic, really helpful, and I think it makes a massive difference when you're first starting out because. You don't want to start out wrong as well. You don't want to get the wrong equipment and kind of, you know, be uncomfortable for the dog and things like that. And I think he benefited a lot from having good dogs around him when he started. Um, he learned to pass dogs properly and he learned to kind of be around other dogs when he was on his line and be fine with it. And I think that makes a big difference. Mm. So I think it's a really, it's a real benefit to kind of start out with a club. So can, what can people, is this something that people can still do if they have like reactive dogs? That don't like yep. dogs or don't like yep, people. Yeah, absolutely. Dogs race that are reactive. Um, they tend to just speak to the race organisers and they might get put at the back of their cl- um, class. Um, some people run with jackets on that just say, give me space. Um, one of the first kind of cross races that I did, there was a woman who set off behind me with a spaniel that was um, reactive and she just gave me plenty of time to tell me when she was near and we just made sure we gave the dog space. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely fine. See, that's and it's actually... Yeah, it sometimes benefits the dogs because they're, they're all just running in the same way. 
Um, so nobody's really looking at anybody else, and I think the dogs kind of gain a little bit of confidence from that as well. The dogs aren't staring at them, they're not pulling towards them, they're just running, you know, so these, these reactive dogs who maybe aren't so confident with others can just run near other dogs that aren't really interested in them. Yeah, it's kind of like high-speed, like parallel walking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, when, when, you do, when you do um, uh, training for reactive dogs, um, often you do that parallel walking where you know, absolutely, yeah, where you're just absolutely, opposite each other or whatever. Yeah, so, and yeah, the, that kind of makes sense that you'd get some kind of desensitization yeah. going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in our Canicross Club, people usually, before we race, will just say, look, my dog's not too confident around other dogs. We just need a little bit of space. And nobody's going to say no to that. You know, nobody's going to make it more difficult for their own dog. So everyone just gives you plenty of space. And if you feel more confident, then you can bring your dog a little bit closer. Um, but yeah, I think I think in, with the right kind of reactive dog, I think it's great for them. Do you think that one of the reasons that it is a nice community is because these the people that are involved are people that are you know they're exercising regularly they kind of have their shit together like they're getting up at 4 30 in the morning do you think that's part of it like you have people that are you know healthy yeah you know yeah do you know what I mean? I like in, probably in a good mental state <laughs> i wouldn't say that for everyone i'd say that for most of them <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think I think it's nice. It's just a nice kind of, I don't know why it would be different to other sports, but it's, yeah, it's just a really nice feeling. And um, I think a lot of the time when you go out for your club races and things, nobody's going out to get a super fast time. Nobody's going to, um, I think some people don't really want to start because they're worried they're going to get left behind or they're not going to be fast enough because it's a race. Okay. But I don't, it doesn't feel like that at all. It really doesn't feel like that. And I think... Um, most of the time you're just quite happy to wait for each other just you know there's, there's no pressure to to race and be faster than everybody else everyone just kind of wants to go out and have a nice time together and that's oh. quite a nice feeling it doesn't seem as competitive or um like anybody's sort of judging you so, so what are the clubs like then i mean when you go to a club is it like they're all going for a race or is it just a get together or um well our canny cross club um meet twice a week usually at the minute it's sort of weather dependent um and then the groups are split depending on sort of advanced beginners etc and then you'll just take yourselves off for a, um, a run all in those different groups so depending on if you're sort of really looking for a fast run obviously go out with the advanced people um, and then it's just to get the dogs used to it and some of the dogs have never done it before so just get them yeah I was thinking about like you said um, for bike drawing you know go to a bike drawing club get get some advice with the harnesses and make sure you're yeah. the right fit and everything yeah that's it is so there, is, sorry go on sorry I was going to say so is there a, a, a point where people are just standing around and they can help you out or is it like you turn up and it's like, all right, we're going out for however long race? Well, I mean, what we tend to, what we seem to do as a club is um, we all get ready at the beginning. Um, we get the dogs out and get the dogs stretched and things like that because obviously you don't want them, because they run full pelt on the bike, we don't want to be getting them out, shoving a harness on them and then galloping off for five kilometres. It's not really good for them for them mm -hmm. so we'll get them out get them out to the toilet and let them stretch their legs and get them warmed up and things like that and then we do um distances and then stop 
So we'll do, you know, a kilometre and a half or something like that and then stop, everyone regroups, we'll have a little bit of a chat, let the dogs stretch their legs. We usually run near water um, so that we can let the dogs off to the water and let them have a drink or, or whatever. Um, so it's just like interval training where we just check everyone's all right. So it's not really... And usually um, we have sort of one person out ahead and then one person at the back, like first aiders, just to make sure that everybody else, especially new people, are in the middle just to keep everyone safe. Mm-hmm. Are there people that do this that don't compete? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. lots of people that just do it just because they fancy doing it, yeah. There's a lot of people that do canny cross that don't race. Um, yeah. I think I think bike drawing's not as well-known. Um and obviously, if you do that, then you need to be a little bit careful because you need to be aware of where you're training at and, and having your permits and making sure that it's safe and things like that. But, yeah, I think there's plenty of people that just go out just to enjoy it. So um, how, how do you go about knowing if you can use an area or not? Is it? I mean, because a lot of it is like public land and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I would just find out. So if it's like forestry... Um, forestry commission area something uh-huh. like that uh-huh. then you would need to get a permit so we just got in touch with the um the area and, and asked them if we could train there and then sent in permits so they know um who we are and when we're likely to be there and then obviously if if they turn up we we have a permit to show them to say that we can we can run there um or like landowners permission is that um, something you have to pay for the permits the permits Yes, but it really wasn't very much. Yeah, yeah. £12 or something like that. I don't think it was very much at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. So changing the topic a little bit, what got you interested in staffies? I'd, I'd always wanted one. Um, I begged for a dog for about seven years and then got my very first dog when I was 12 and she was a, um, a crossbreed just from a rescue. She was only a couple of weeks old um, and we had to kind of wean her and things when we first got her because she couldn't go into kennels because she was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I'd always wanted one. I'd always loved them and then I got my first proper um, one from a breeder and it's just gone from there. I just absolutely love them. I just think they're fantastic. I don't so, know, they're, all, I know they're not for everyone, but yeah, they're brilliant. Are all of your free from breeders then? Yes, yeah. yeah. The two that I'm, the other two are from this country, and then Hulk's from Holland. Uh huh. What What are your views on that? Because I know there are going to be people listening, and they're going to be like, "Oh my god, she got staffies from a breeder, and there are so many in rescue." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Is that absolutely. Is that attitude you come across a lot? Um, I work in rescue, so um, I definitely get both sides of it and I, I understand and things like that um the reason that i got hulk predominantly was because of health um because both of my other dogs were retired by the time they were five and four um i really wanted something that i could almost guarantee was going to be healthy i know that we can never make that sort of guarantee but i just wanted to reduce the risk as much as i could do so i wanted a dog that i knew the past from um, I'd also tried to rehome a Staffordshire Bull Terrier through rescue and got rejected because I had Staffordshire Bull Terriers already. Um, and I just, I got quite attached to this dog and didn't want to go through the process and things again and find out I couldn't have it. Um, and then it was one of my friends that broke Hulk. So, yeah, it just, I knew yeah, he's... I just, I just asked because I know I've seen it before where 
um, I've I've actually even seen people get abuse, you know, for for breeding staffies. Um, yeah. Very, yeah. very in a, you know, the sort of breeder that is a good breeder, right? They're trying to get everything right. They're doing the health testing. Absolutely. I remember I was at I remember I was at the um, I was at Crufts uh, years ago, and there were some people at the Discover Dog Stand, and they had their staffies, and they were obviously staffy breeders, and there was um, uh, a couple of people giving them you know abuse about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I know that that attitude is out there, and I just wanted to get your views on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tough one. I've had it myself. I've had a few people that disagreed when I got Hulk. I've had a few people um, comments and things like that, especially because I work in rescue. Um, I don't disagree. I don't regret getting him for a second. I still um, back my decision, and if the right dog came into rescue tomorrow, I would take that. I'm not pro or against either one. Um, but I would say if you are going to go to rest to breeder, then you need to get something that's health tested and know the background from. So I met his parents and grandparents and great grandparents when I went to see um, his family. Um, and I did some training with his dad and, and his mum and things like that. So I, I did as much research as I could do to make sure that he was going to be right. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky one. I would go I would go both ways again. I wouldn't say no to either one. I haven't got a, a preference if you go about it the right way. Uh huh. It's a personal um, decision, isn't it? And and that's why sometimes it can. Well, it is quite insulting, really, when you when people start giving you abuse on your own decision. Um, yeah, it is, and none of their business in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely got my. Um, I definitely got my fair share when I got him, let's say. Um, but I, I still don't regret it. I still think it was the right decision for us. And I, yeah, I'm i not against rescue at all. I work for rescue and I have tried to rescue in the past. I got um, turned down for it and, and things like that. And it's also sometimes it's quite difficult. depends on the dog that you're bringing in. When I had three dogs previously, it's got to be the right dog that I bring in as well. Um, because my dogs are quite cool with each other in the house, I didn't want to get an older dog and struggle to integrate it into the house. So yeah. it kind of had to be the right one that came along. And it just made me a little bit nervous of getting something that I didn't know the background of health-wise. Uh -huh. As someone that works in rescue, that's a really interesting position to be in where you get refused a dog. Because one of the... <laughs> um, one of the things that, one of the attitudes that I've definitely come across working as a dog trainer and meeting people is, you know, we, we've tried to rescue dogs from rescues and they won't let the, let us have them. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, hang on a minute, you know, we've got, well, you know, we, everyone keeps talking about we've got this epidemic of like huge amounts of dogs and not enough homes. Yeah. Yeah, rescues seem to be insanely picky about who they yeah. have dogs. And I can see it from both sides as well. Um, because I've seen dogs which can't be homed with kids, and then people have said, well, you know, you're you're um, kind of not letting the dog have a home by not letting it live with children, but actually you're just safeguarding the dog by not allowing that to happen. If you do let that dog go to a home which has potentially got bite history, let it go and live with a child and something goes wrong, then mm -hmm. everyone's looking for someone to blame. So it's, Yeah, I've, I agree. I've seen it both ways as well. And, yeah, uh, one of I the can understand... Yeah, I can understand both ways. And like I say, if the right dog came into rescue tomorrow, um, I would never say no to it. I would, you know, I, I fully, fully back rescue. And I think it's amazing. And I think the people that work in it 
really get the rough end of a deal sometimes. I think it can be really difficult. Um, but I still, I, I think response, the problem is people either seem to go rescue or breeders. And I don't think it is. I think it's rescue or responsible breeders. A lot of responsible breeders that I know in the Stafford world and they health test their dogs and they know where their dogs go and they keep communicating with them for the rest of their life, their dogs wouldn't end up in rescue. So I don't think that's the that's the um, fight. I think it's rescue or unresponsible, irresponsible, re- irresponsible breeders. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, and and I remember when I was listening to the people at Crafts, they were saying, um, you know, we're our dogs aren't the ones that end up in rescue. That's exactly what they were saying. And, yeah. you know, um, a, I mean, a lot we of breeders... work, We work in, well, I work in rescue and people will get in touch and they'll say that they need to rehome their dog. And one of the questions we'll ask them is, have you got in touch with their breeder? And they'll just say, yeah, and they don't want to know. Well, that's not a responsible breeder that would do that. Any, any breeder that was worth anything would take their dog back, no questions asked. Um, and I'm, hundred well hundred percent sure that all three of my dogs right now could go back to their breeder at any point you know I'm hundred percent sure that those breeders would take all of these dogs back in a heartbeat yeah and 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 that's how it should be isn't it yeah um, absolutely. You know, if you if you bred dogs then you have a responsibility to look after them don't you and make yeah. sure that they end up in in good homes and 100%. Um, n- not a burden on rescue centers absolutely absolutely so when you got Hulk what um, what spurred you to kind of start his Facebook page and um, almost, uh, you know, start blogging about him in a way? Yeah, I mean, I decided to do it basically f- for a diary for myself to keep a, a sort of a record on, on how we did and things. And it's quite nice to look back on um, to see what he did as a younger dog, which I kind of forgot, I guess. Um, but it's been quite nice to, to see because I never actually got him to do bike drawing with. That wasn't my intention. So I dabbled in um, a bit of agility. I did some flyable training with him. I've done a bit of IPO training with him. Um, I've done detection training with him. So he's done quite a few things. So it's nice to just keep that record on there. And also just general dog things, just taking him to different places and and doing things it went paddle boarding and i've taken him to london before and you know it's nice to just have that record and he's basically just a dog so it's nice to to kind of see that also he's he's a staffordshire bull terrier so i think it's quite nice for the breed just to see that they're not just this dog that the media think they are you know they're pretty cool actually and they can yeah, kind of do one anything of, one of the cool yeah it's exactly he's um uh, when you start blogging like that, you he's almost become like an ambassador, hasn't he, for the breed? I know a few yeah. people that that do the same thing with um, their staffies, and it's really nice to to follow those blogs, especially when you, you know, recently we've had these big discussions in go- and government about dangerous dogs acts and stuff like that, and you know there was this big controversy about Peter trying to get staffies back on, yeah. uh, put on the list. Sorry, yeah, um, which kind of got blown out of proportion. <laughs> And got a bit crazy so it's good to get some positive yeah uh, reputation uh what is it representation of yeah of absolutely i don't think that they're for everyone um i think that sometimes things get a little bit tricky because some people try to prove that they're so nice that they almost don't help the cause um mm-hmm. you know people who have their children sitting on their dogs and things to prove oh, that God. they don't react and i i 
that's not the way that you want to go. We kind of, I do work with the um, East Anglian Staffordshire Bull Terrier team, and it's a display team which go around the country, and it's basically promoting responsible ownership not just ownership so we say you know they're amazing they are good with kids and they're um agile and they can do agility and fireball and obedience and we've got um police you know dogs in the police now that are staffordable terriers and they can do lots of things but they aren't always 100 percent with other dogs and we need to respect that um and they have certain needs that need to be looked after we don't kind of make them out all pink and fluffy you know they are what they are and we respect them for it and that's what we love them for um um yeah that's an interesting point you make there you know uh, that kind of admission of hey you know staffies aren't always great with other dogs um and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that as long as we kind of respect that and manage that one thing i've definitely i've seen before from um i try and remember i'm pretty sure it was staffy breeders i might be getting the breeds mixed up Mm -hmm. um where you have what some might perceive as a negative trait um you know uh, in in the case of staffies, hey, staffies might be more likely to get themselves in trouble with other dogs. Yeah. And then you get this argument of, well, we want to breed them as traditionally as possible, and that means breeding them to maintain that part of the temperament, even if it's not maybe a desirable desire trait. now. Or should we try and get rid of that? Yeah, I mean. If you, you can look at that in any sort of breed, really, can't you? So you work in sheep dogs, your German shepherds, your lurchers. They've all got certain personality traits. So as a dog trainer, a lot of the breeds that I see will have some sort of personality trait that the people aren't happy with. Um, and you've kind of got to sit there and say, well, is it a genetic trait that the dog is just working because that's what it's bred to do? Um, your German shepherd guardian, say. Um, and I think... I, I don't think that Staffordshire Bull Terriers should be outwardly aggressive, um, but they're not, their breed standard is not that they're always, you know, kind of friendly with other dogs. They can tolerate other dogs. They can be great with other dogs, but it wouldn't be a breed of dog that I would say to get specifically for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you think that, do you think there is a case for trying to breed Staffies that are more friendly with other dogs? Potentially, but you've got to be careful about what you're breeding and what you're looking for. Um, are you breeding that along with keeping their health and other things, or are you going to go specifically in that route and not look after other kinds of their personality? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are specifically breeding because they want blue Staffordshire Bull Terriers, then are they still keeping in, you know, keeping the, the the health and things safe the other way, or are they just specifically going for colour and nothing else? Yeah. It's an interesting um, I, argument you make about, hey, there are other breeds that have traits that maybe aren't desirable anymore. I absolutely. mean, as a dog trainer, how many miniature schnauzers do we see where people are they're barking and they're just doing what they're bred for? But yeah, they, I mean, top of, top of the list is your working sheepdogs. The amount of people that go out and get a working sheepdog from a farm because it's really cute and then they have problems with it, traffic chasing or herding children or something like that. And a lot of these dogs, you've just got to sit down and kind of go through the genetics of the dog before you can even go through the actual training. Yeah, um, I guess the the difference there, though, is with the farm dogs, the, that behavior still has a purpose, right? The, yeah. The herding is is useful um, when you're on a farm, but um, when we have bull terriers that, that some, or have maybe more of a, a predisposition to develop 
um, issues with other dogs. There isn't really a purpose for that anymore because obviously dog fighting is illegal. Yeah. I would. Um... I'm not, by the way, I feel like I'm sounding very anti Staffy. <laughs> I love Staffy. I'm not criticizing Staffies at all. Yeah. I'm just going, yeah, just asking the provocative questions. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that basically I would say um, if you're a responsible owner, then you'll have no problem. Um, I just think that somebody who's aware of what they um, potentially might be in terms of temperament when they grow older, as long as they're aware of that, then they'll have no problem. So Staffordshire Terriers are police dogs, agility dogs, flyball dogs, obedience dogs, racing dogs. Um, in every single sport, if you ever look in it somewhere, um, mm -hmm. and it's not like they're not capable to work around other dogs. I mean, Hook's great at racing with other dogs, passing other dogs. He races attached Absolutely, to other dogs. Yeah. I've done two dog yeah. races with him. He's not in the slightest bit bothered. But I think it's not all down to socialization. Genetics mm -hmm. plays a part and um, environment and things like that as well. Um, uh -huh. But, yeah, I think, I just think as long as people are aware when they take the dog on of its natural you know, predisposition to what it's going to be like, then then you won't have a problem. So most people that I know who um, do like the Stafford team and things like that have multi-dog households where they have Staffordshire Terriers and don't have any problems, but because they're responsible. Yeah, and that's a great point. So, I mean, who who is a good candidate to, to own a Staffie? Um, a lot of I'd say a lot of different houses. They're quite versatile. Um, uh -huh. They like to, they like to do things. Um, the thing I like about these guys is that I can take them out for a couple of hours one day, half an hour the next day. They're not desperate. You know, they don't physically need lots of exercise. They're quite happy to do it. Um, they they fit in with most places. They are generally good with children. Although I would say never to leave them with kids, etc., etc. Um, but they tend to be great with people. That is one of their attributes. Um, I'd say most houses are quite good for one, but I wouldn't. Um, I often see them being kind of um, advertised as an easy first-time dog, and I don't always think they are. I think as long well, as maybe, you're responsible. Maybe it's easier to answer the opposite question. You know, um, who who wouldn't suit a staff staffy? Uh, is this too, maybe this is too general? Yeah, I, I don't know really. I don't know. I mean, it, it, all, it very much depends on the dog as well. So my oldest male dog is the laziest dog going and could probably uh -huh. stay in the house for like three days and never go out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd sure. be quite happy with that, whereas Hulk's a different line and he is more of a doer. Um, so even if it's mental or physical stimulation, he, he really benefits from doing things. So it also so depends on the individual dog. come from a working dog. background? Yeah, it's a sport line. So it's, uh -huh. it's made for, he, he's made to do things really. Um, so uh -huh. he's a little bit more athletically built. He's got a longer muzzle um, uh -huh. and he's just got a bit more punch. So he's uh -huh. he's from a, a line where over there they compete in athletics. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a little bit more driven, shall we say. Mm. So um, obviously we know that bull terriers have been used in dogfighting historically, mm -hmm. but before that, I mean, they were terriers, so were they used to kill rats? Were they, uh, you know, uh, what, what were they actually bred for before that? Yeah, so they were pr predominantly bred putting a, a bulldog type to a terrier type to get your dog fighting 
dog. Oh, really? That was the main purpose? Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. In, in, oh, in okay. a basic overview, then that's kind of specifically oh. what they were bred for. Um, Are they ever used for ratting or anything like that? I think sometimes they will breed them with something else. Um, I know yeah. of them when they've been bred to terriers or dachshunds, um, just to kind of create a different sort of of ratting dog. But I don't know too much about that side of things. I mean, you get like your bull lurchers and. I was um, just about to say that. Yeah. 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 On the flip side, yeah, you have bull lurchers, um, which are, are, but I would say bull lurchers have really gained in popularity. Yeah, um, yeah, we do see quite a lot of them in rescue, but I think that's, I think they're just quite disposable dogs. Unfortunately, the same as as Stamtable Terriers were at one point. Um, I think they're just. We see quite a lot of them that have just been kind of thrown out, ex racing, um, like ex coursing dogs and things like that. Yeah. I, I guess it's a supply and demand thing as well. You know, if you. Yeah, I mean, at the minute we're rife with all of you designer dogs in rescue. Yes. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of doodles and, and small fluffy dogs and things like that. And actually the bull breeds are taking a back seat, which is quite nice. They're, they're still <laughs> obviously in rescue, but not as as much as they were previously. Yeah, there was certainly a time where yeah. you, know, you would see people and saying, well, I tried the rescue centre and it's only staffies. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, There's where, still obviously where... a lot in rescue, but I don't yeah. think it is as as bad as it was. I think things have moved on to more your Frenchies and, and your do-it-alls and things like that. I think that's more what people are looking for nowadays. Yeah, which of course come with their own problems and their own yeah. benefits and their Absolutely. own yeah. uh, set of personalities. Um, yeah. So where can people find uh, you and, and find um, like Hulk's blog and all of this stuff? Find out more about bike drawing and canny cross? And... Um, so there's a couple of pages on facebook hawks pages on facebook um there's a couple of shops um that you can get bike drawn and um canny cross um kit from canine trail time is one um there's one called sporty paws um there's a few different ones and you can just probably google them um and i think you can find some clubs on there as well um canny cross trail is one of the facebook pages um, for finding more information about Canny Cross or Bike Drawing, if you wanted this Bike Drawing UK on Facebook for Bike Drawing. Um, but I think it's a great sport to get in touch with people before you start it, just to make sure that you're doing it safely um, and, and safe for the dog. It's not something that I'd really just kind of want to buy stuff off the internet and crack on straight away, because what looks yeah, like sure. it fits the dog um, doesn't always actually work best for them. So I've probably had about six harnesses for Hulk now um, and they've all fit him on paper and then I've took him out and they've, they've just not been right. So it's yeah, always yeah, best sure. to speak to people that kind of know what they're doing just from a safety point of view um, and then people like the um, Canny Cross people that I run with, they um, know a lot about general running so they'll make sure that you're running correctly, they make sure that the dogs are safe and they'll just kind of help you out and make sure that it's best for you both and they won't over on the dogs. If they see that the dog's getting a little bit tired, they'll make sure they stop and give it a drink and a breather, um, so they can kind of see things a bit before you do, just because they're a little bit more experienced in the bikes. Brilliant. Well, it was lovely to talk to you, Rachel, and thanks for kind of giving us an overview of of canny cross and bike drawing because I think yeah. those two sports are really interesting and um, that they're not 
super mainstream are they it's not like agility or that's it they're uh, quite new but they they are really fantastic and i think one of the best things about it is that most people can do it um uh there's no there's no limit to kind of age or or different kind of dog um anyone can do it anyone doesn't really matter how fast or slow that you go it's not just super fast runners that are at races you know everybody's there and and everybody's kind of looking to support you and wants you to do well so i think you know if you're if you're interested it's definitely worth giving it a go you don't ever feel kind of that you're not fast enough or not a runner not a natural runner because it's just basically just getting out there and having fun with the dog super brilliant thank you rachel <laughs> no problem. all right have a great weekend yeah you too see you